Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second-guess yourself? That can be crazy-making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Welcome to Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I'm glad you're here. In this episode, we're going to be talking about something that really needs to be addressed, and sometimes you don't know how to do it, which is to recognize that hijackals, those difficult, narcissistic, chronically, relentlessly complex people, need to play the victim. Don't fall for it. But they need to. And we need to see how they do it and how they do it subtly and how they do it very obviously and how to respond to it. Because when you're a healthier human, you don't want people to feel badly. And a hijackal knows that. So they're going to play the victim many, many times. Yes, many of them will be arrogant and they will be demanding. But those very people can also shift and play the victim with a plum right in front of your eyes. And it is all intended to get you to fall for it and make them the center of attention. When somebody is a victim, we need to understand what that actually means. So I looked it up on Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, and it means a person harmed or injured or destroyed by various conditions. So that certainly fits how you might feel being with a hijackal, and it may also fit how the hijackal wants you to think that they are being made to feel. The second definition is a person subjected to oppression, hardship, or mistreatment. Now, you know when you're being emotionally abused, and I talk about that all the time on this this, uh, podcast. Emotional abuse means that you are going to feel oppressed and hard done by and mistreated, and it's all going to be true. But a hijackal uses that. They use that to try and be the victim, paint themselves as the victim, and suck all the air out of the room. And the third definition of a hijack of a victim, rather, is a person who is tricked or duped. Now that's perhaps you, because if you are buying into the victimhood, the victim story of the hijackal, you can get very tricked and duped, and that's just what they want you to do. So you can see that the victimhood can go in both directions. That's important to recognize. You will be a victim of emotional abuse, and they will play the victim to take back the center of attention and make you wrong. Is that ringing a bell for you? As I say those things, do you realize that they're very good, those hijackals, at getting you emotionally involved, playing on your emotions to get the result that they want? 
playing on your emotions to the degree that you no longer are using logic and you are simply so over-involved with your heart and your feelings. And that's exactly where they want you to be. So hopefully as you listen to this podcast in this episode and many others, you will begin to see how they manipulate you into doing and being what they want and need. And hopefully you will see these things clearly. As you see them more and more clearly, you will find yourself saying, I see that. I'm not going down that path anymore. I'm not playing that game. I'm not falling for that. And yay, that's great because hijackals need to play the victim, but you don't need to fall for it, right? So let's get very clear about that. Playing the victim is a manipulation. And emotional abusers are excellent at manipulation. So this is only one arrow in their quiver, is playing the victim. And I've spoken about so many others. So you can find those uh, when you go to the website and, um, and look at emergingempower.com. So many things there for you. So hijackals have a problem. They really can't look beyond themselves. Their entire self-interest is themselves. So for them to look beyond themselves, to actually see that you may be in pain, or you have a need, or you're hurt, or you're confused, is just too much work for most of them. Yes, they're interested in those things when they think that they could use it as ammunition to get what they want from you, but they're not concerned about your feelings. They're willing to use your feelings against you, but they don't care very much how you actually feel. You know that because you feel that. It's sad. It's sad to be with a person who looks like they would be interested looks like they could be interested, maybe even at one time pretended to be interested, especially at the beginning of your relationship. And then slowly it comes to, oh, it's always about them. And if they feel pushed and their one way of taking back the spotlight is to play the victim. So they set themselves up for self-pity Playing the victim gives them that, gets you involved in their pity. You're quite ready to respond to someone. Hijackals are not. They know that about you because you're a healthier human. Hijackal humans do not respond to other people in that way, in a compassionate way. They respond to other people to see what are they giving me and what can I get further so when they see an opportunity to get some pity, to get you on their side, they're very interested. They see it as an opening, a way to get more of what they want. And so not being able to look beyond themselves and engaging in self-pity and playing the victim, it makes them think that, well, see, I have self-worth. They know that they don't. I mean, sadly, because many of them are very arrogant, and you would think that they really have a high opinion of themselves. If you scratch them, you know that they're just petrified that they're not good enough. So they put on more and more bravado in order to appear that way. But don't put your compassion hat on. 
they're going to behave the way they behave. Even if you understand why they might be doing it, you can't change them because you didn't break them and you can't fix them. And that's very important. I say that so frequently, but please understand you didn't break them. You can't fix them. Not your job. If they want to change, it's their job to change. You can express your desire to have things happen differently. They have to be open and willing to helping to make things happen differently. And they're not likely to do it collaboratively. They're likely to do it in a sneaky way, like playing the victim so that they can get what they want. And they like to place themselves in the story um, as the person who's mistreated or the person who's misunderstood. And they can get quite into it and they can convince a crowd. And if that crowd is not gathered all in the same place, they'll go around and tell their story to lots of different people. It's what we call triangulation. They'll go and tell, oh, it's terrible. He or she did this, or they did that, or I can't believe I put my faith in and this happened. And they're garnering support and they're garnering sympathy and they're garnering making other people feel like they need to take care of them. It's unfortunate you wouldn't see it happen, but your part in all of this is to realize what they're up to, why they're up to it, and don't buy into it. I know that sounds easy. I know how difficult it is. I've been there. I was raised by two hijackals. I divorced a hijackal. I attracted others. I've learned all of this the hard way, as well as, as studying and having a PhD in psychology. I learned it and found out why I needed to learn all about it because I lived it. So I've been there, done that, and have the nasty t-shirt. I really have. And so when they can place themselves in the story as being maltreated, mistreated, uh, misunderstood, there's no room for you. And that's perfect in their books, isn't it? No room for you, all the room for me. Yay, the hijackal says. You know, it's really important to see that because it's the truth. It's what's really going on there. So what they want to do is to take any spotlight that may be going anywhere else and shine it directly on them. I'm the one that's important. I am the victim in this story. I'm the one who needs your attention. I'm the one who needs your empathy. I'm the one who needs your sympathy. Give it to me. Give it to me because I am the victim here. And even if there isn't an audience beyond you, you can see that they are playing to that audience all the time. And they're finding ways to bring you to focus on them and to forget about yourself, forget about your needs, forget about your pain, and turn everything over to them. And if if they can make you feel guilty, so you'll rush in and prop them up, again, you'll abandon yourself and go running over there to help them. It's a big win for them. They got the spotlight on themselves and they got your attention on themselves and you are no longer talking about you so they don't have to put up with it. Now they're happy. 
this sounding familiar to you? Because these are some of the more subtle things that happen. Sometimes they're subtle. Sometimes they're about as subtle as a train crash. But they are underlying what's going on. So we need to know all the pieces of this. And when they're making you feel guilty and you rush in to prop them up, sometimes you just let them win because their story just turns and makes you into the villain. And you don't want that. It takes too much energy. It's an emotional drain. So you just say, oh, yes, 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 that's just how it was. And you try to minimize everything so that the story will stop. And if you find yourself doing that, notice that it's it's a good way to stop the story. But as a pattern from yourself, from within yourself, you can be shortchanging yourself and your feelings and your needs quite terribly. So that's important to see. It's really important to see. And if I can help you with it at any time, you want to talk to me, I do offer a new client one hour session for only $97 at beaclient.com. Beaclient.com. So attention, they're going to get it one way or the other, aren't they? They always do that. They'll take attention away from a tiny child. They will divert and feel competitive toward a two-year-old. You know, that's one of the things that happens. You get into a relationship with a hijackal, and you decide to move in or get married. Then you decide to have a child, and it's all wonderful because look what we did. We did this together while you're pregnant. But once that child is born and re- one partner is required to not be attending to the hijackal, in this case, usually it's the mom who is the non-hijackal in this instance and the, the father figure who is the hijackal, there, there's this competition that gets set up. They're in competition with the baby. Isn't that sad? It really is a demonstration of a lack of wellness on any level in the relationship. So they already are trying to compete with you because they don't want the baby to have you. And that can go in both directions, whatever partner it is. Really difficult. And see the competitive nature of the hijackal. Highly competitive about everything, and highly competitive with you as well. So if you give them attention one way or the other, they're going to take it unless it's offered. So notice that that is a a strong feature of how they play the victim. They want the attention and they're going to take it. And one way to do it is poor me. I am always the sacrificial lamb. Nobody cares what I want. Nothing I want ever happens. Nobody listens to me. That story is completely wrong. Let me tell you the truth. And now they have the attention of the room, even if there are only two of you in it. So why do they do this? Well, the hijackal has a need to feel entitled, entitled to take all the air out of the room, entitled to take up all the spotlight, and they want to be a victim 
or a hero or the wronged one or the savior. It doesn't matter to them as long as they are the center of attention. Whether they're crying or crowing, it doesn't matter. They still want to be the center of attention. And sometimes they run between those things. If they can't garner all the attention in the room by being wonderful and having people laugh at and enjoy their stories, they'll run to the victim story and play the other end of the field. You've noticed that, right? They're not always one way. They have many ways of taking over the conversation, taking over the narrative, being the most wronged one or the best one or the most one. Every superlative in the book can be applied by a hijackal to themselves, (laughs) I had the best, I had the most, I was the longest, I was the biggest, I was the least. Whatever it is, it'll always be in extremes. And one of the things that they want is all the attention for that. And being the victim helps. They have a strong need for control. They want to control the room. They want to control the narrative. They want to control you. And so they are going to use whatever means necessary to regain the room. They also have rage, internal rage and external rage. You know a hijackal can't take anything that is even distantly, remotely like criticism or rejection. They can't. They think they see it coming miles away, and they get angrier and angrier at the possibility of it as they perceive it, which doesn't have anything to do with the reality as you're going to deliver it. But they're already responding to what might happen and what you might be up to, and they're going to grab it, grab that attention, and run with it before anything can go south. That's very disturbing when you're in a relationship with a hijackal, isn't it? Because they are so suspicious of every motive that you have that you are simply endeavoring to be better than they are or to need more than they need or to be more deserving of something. You know, that's why when you achieve something or you're excited about something, the person won't get excited for you because. It's not about them. Do you know, I had a big excitement just recently, last week, the podcast network that I, you know, my podcasts, they finally reached a million downloads. That's a big deal. And I was very excited about it. And many people that I spoke to, friends, were really supportive of it. But one person said, well, how long did that take you? Could not focus on the good. Would not focus on the good. Wasn't interested in how long did it take me so that they could praise me for doing it in four years. No, it was to detract that it should have taken me a blink of an eyelid or something, or I didn't do it well enough. Have you had that experience? You know, hijackals have to be the center of attention. So even in that case, someone had to take away the light, just had to take away the light. But I'm still really excited about the fact that a million downloads, now it's a million, 6,000 or something, a million people, a million times have found something of interest and value. That's very exciting. 
celebrate with me. So why do these people need to take all the air out of the room? Well, this rage, this internal rage there, they're containing it. You can see it building. And then they get the external rage and they've got to emote and blame and shame and throw accusations around and project their greatest fears on you. All so that they can feel like they have regained all the attention. Another reason they do this is they have low to no empathy. They will not and cannot place themselves in your shoes for a moment. They don't want to, but they won't either because that would detract from their ability to focus on themselves. So they're going to, again, play the victim. And another thing you know that no matter what, you have to be wrong. <laughs> when you're in a relationship with a hijackal, everything is your fault. You must be wrong. So therefore, when they play the victim, it's because you wronged them. And once again, you find yourself as the terrible person or being depicted as the terrible person who is always to blame for everything that goes not in the hijackal's direction. Notice that. Observe that. See the lack of balance. See how unwilling they are to include you. Yes, they'll include you occasionally because you make them look good. But when you're one-on-one -on -one with them, they're not including you. They're competing with you. And one of the ways they do that is to play the victim. So I'm going to give you six things that you can do so that you can see this and respond to it appropriately. Now, they sound very simple. They're not that easy. I know that. So I don't want you to think that I'm putting them out here to say, oh, we'll just go and do this. It'll be really easy for you. It isn't easy. It takes help. I'm always here for you. If you want my help, go to beaclient.com. Always there for you. If you want my newsletter, comes out once a week, go to hijackalhelp.com. Hijackalhelp.com. There's always something for you to support you. So here, I'm going to give you these six things. Simple, not necessarily easy. I'll tell you a bit about each one of them and then think about which one are you going to try? Which one are you going to employ so that the next time that the hijackal is playing the victim and you observe it, you're far enough back to see it, then you say, hmm, I have six things that I can do. Number one is big. Don't take it personally. It's about the hijackal. It is not about you. What the hijackal says about you is about the hijackal. It is not true of you. And when you can really parse those out, what they're saying is so is about them. It is not about you. But if you have entered into a relationship where you really value their opinion, and you give merit to what they say, now is a really good time to back off and say, whoa, that was pretty rude. It's not really about me. It's about them. So do your best to not take it personally. Put on your Teflon shield and let it just slide off. The second thing that you can do is don't buy into their stance of being the victim. 
stay neutral. They cry, they moan, they, oh, the world's a terrible place. Nobody likes me. I'm going out to eat worms. You can be in a neutral place. Well, that sounds difficult. That's one of the choices you might have. Say it genuinely. You're not trying to be rude. It is a choice that they could have, but don't buy it. Don't ask them questions about it. Don't get deeply into it. Just recognize, well, it's one way of looking at it, I suppose. But don't buy into their victim stance. Number three, see it for what it is. It's an attention grab. That's what it is. They want to suck all the oxygen out of the room, focus the limelight on themselves, and have everybody feel sorry for them, captivated by their story of woe and doom. And when you see it for what it is, again, you take this couple steps back and observe, and you are not being personally involved. You are not thinking it's about you. You're observing them and what they're doing. You have a better chance of seeing it for what it is, a play for sympathy, a play for attention. Number four is don't believe their story. You know, healthier humans believe one another's stories and we're compassionate and we're kind and we care. But hijackal humans are not built that way. That's just not in their repertoire. So once you know that you're with a hijackal, don't believe their story. The story is intended to get a response from you that gives them what they want. And every time you do that, you reinforce it and they lose more and more respect for you. So don't give it away. Don't believe their story. Number five is don't engage with it. Don't ask questions about it. Don't ask them why they think that. Don't ask them for examples. Don't go running to their side. Don't say, oh, that's so terrible. Poor you. No, be neutral again. Be neutral and don't engage in their pity party. Don't engage in their playing for the um, empathy. Don't engage in their story of, I'm the one who's wronged. Step back and observe. And the last thing to do so that you won't buy into the playing the victim story of the hijackal is don't poke the hijackal. I've said that so many times. Don't make the hijackle wrong. Don't inflame the hijackle. It's not worth it. I know it's difficult to not poke them because you get so riled up. You get so frustrated. You get so exasperated. It's difficult, I know. But a big win is when you learn to not poke the hijackle. It never turns out well, does it? And when you realize that it never turns out well, so why would I do it? Then, you know, get a friend you can talk to or come over to the Emerging Empowered Community and talk with us and be part of all of that because I have a community there of people you can talk to at emergingempowered.com and at joinintoday.com. That's where you join the membership. Joinintoday.com to be part of the Emerging Empowered community. Come over and chat. 
Talk it over with people who know what you're going through. But don't poke the hijackal. Come over and talk about how much you wanted to, but don't do it. Because that is engaging with them. And you know that they'll come back twice as strongly at you when you poke them. And that's never a good thing. So I hope you've had a few new thoughts, maybe a realization or two, maybe a final aha that says, ah, really, the hijackal is playing the victim and it brings me to take care of them in a heartbeat. Maybe next time I can just stand back and observe. The more you become an observer, the less engagement you have the sooner you will see the patterns. And that is what is super important and will give you a strength that you have not experienced for a while with them is to say, I see what you're up to. I see it. I've backed off. I'm looking at it. I'm not super engaged with you. And I can see it. As I back off, I can see the whole picture, not just be engaged with the face. And it will get better and better as you do that. So I hope this has been helpful to you, insightful. Invite your friends to come on over and join us here because everybody needs to know about these. You may meet hijackals at work or in your family or have a parent or a sibling or your child may marry one. You need to know all about this so that you will not buy into them playing the victim. So until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.